You know, you, you may have heard this this phrase previously. Uh, it's called the farmer's tan. You know, where you're wearing a t-shirt and you get your your uh, lower part of your arm, your forearm, and and just past your elbow, nice and tanned. Quite often, it's because you're sticking your arm out the window when you're driving. Well, I think a lot of us do have that. Now, I don't really have that anymore because, you know, when I was younger, I didn't know any better. And but now I, I do keep two hands on the wheel. But as a driving instructor, I actually have my right arm that has more of a farmer's tan. Because when I'm sitting in traffic with a student, I don't have to hold the steering wheel because I don't have one. So my right arm hangs on the out the window on top of the door. It's the one that's going to get more color than my left arm. So people kind of look and say, well, you kind of got a farmer's tan and they look at both arms and realize, why is my right arm that much darker than my left? Well, if I roll up my sleeve, it's, <laughs> it's very white pasty skin. It's going to make my tan look even better. So once I say, oh, I'm a driving instructor, they're like, ah, okay. So maybe I need to switch that around. Maybe I need to be a backseat passenger on the driver's side. And I can have my, my arm out the window that way. Because as a driver, I still need my two hands on the wheel. Don't you think? So how's your farmer's tan? Any better? Maybe better than mine? Well, welcome to another episode of Speed Bumps, a safe driving podcast. In this episode, we'll talk about do you drive like your vehicle looks? Hmm. Some tips on back to school driving and blocking the sun in a strange sort of way. Let's go. When you're driving a different vehicle from your normal vehicle, do you drive it differently than your normal vehicle? So, you know, for example, let's say you're driving a typical sedan and then all of a sudden you get into a two-door sporty vehicle. Do you drive that any differently just because it's sporty looking? Just curious. If you had a fast vehicle to drive, you know, one that's you know rated as being a fast vehicle, do you drive it fast just because it's perceived that way? Just curious again. So I, I recently had the opportunity to drive a Tesla. And I was very impressed with it. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. And, but it was different. And I think I'll talk more about a Tesla later. This was my neighbor's Tesla. And I, I thanked him for letting me to drive that. It was, it was quite an experience. And, I, and I, like I said, I did enjoy it. But one of the things I, I, I realized is uh, it, being a different vehicle, it, it obviously was the electric vehicle, does not have the combustion engine. So it's a lot quieter. And the only noise I hear are from the tires along the asphalt. So uh, I got to drive it for about half an hour. And uh, using the regenerative, the, the regen braking where it charges the batteries each time you, you slow down. Um, so in the city environment, you can go a little bit further because you're slowing down a little bit more. So you don't actually have to touch the brake pedal. Uh, I was out for half an hour and didn't have to touch it at all because the slowing down by easing off the gas slowed the vehicle down like you were braking in a typical combustion engine vehicle. And the brake lights also came on. So I did drive it differently than I would drive my own combustion engine vehicle, which is a Mazda 3. 
So I, it got me thinking more about the other types of vehicles that we drive. Uh, and some have to be driven a little bit differently. And, and this is one of those vehicles that, that does. It has to be driven slightly different than, than a, a typical gasoline engine vehicle. But I started thinking about not just the fast vehicles and the expensive vehicles and the exotic vehicles. What about the vehicles that look like they've had better days? So driving a vehicle that's got dents on it, uh, scuffs, paint peeling, it just looks like, again, it's, it's seen better days. It's not so new anymore. Because it's got those markings on it, do you drive it differently? Do you take more chances because you're not so worried if you get another ding? You know, people talk about having a winter beater. So a vehicle that they don't really care a whole lot about, they want it to get through the winter and save their nice vehicle for spring and summer. So do you drive that differently because it's a beater? Because it's got marks on it and dents and it doesn't look so nice. Well, you still need that vehicle to get to point B from point A. You need it to be reliable. You'll be annoyed if it doesn't start. So regardless of how bad it looks or how good it looks, let's treat them all the same. Let's be respectful for the vehicle. You know, I talk, yes, about being respectful for the road users, and I think that's so important. But let's respect your vehicle too. And judging someone just based on their vehicle, that's kind of harsh. And I've heard lots of judgment. And sometimes I throw it out myself. And then it's like, well, you know what? I should take my own advice. People who drive the exotic vehicles or the high-end vehicles, if they drive it respectfully, let's not categorize them in that way. Because they enjoy the performance. And I do too. And I've had plenty of opportunities to drive these vehicles. I enjoy them. And my one of my sons has a performance vehicle. But he also drives it respectfully. He drives it in a way that he'd be like devastated if there got dings on it. Or he got a ticket. So he gets to enjoy the drive. But he doesn't drive it like it's a super-end vehicle that can go very fast, even though it could. So that's pretty good. And I think that's something we should all kind of sit back and take a look at. Regardless of what our vehicle looks like, it's how we handle it that makes the difference. So handle it in such a way that you know it's going to last you for a long, long time, no matter how good or not so good it looks. So it's that time of year where you know a lot of parents get excited. The kids are going back to school. Well, in some cases, they're already back to school. So the fact that the pandemic is still uh, in our lives, that uh, a lot of jurisdictions have gone to the virtual classroom. But in September, where I live, a lot of kids are going back to school, like physical school. And I think they're excited about going. They get a chance to see their friends live in person that they haven't seen in months, many months. So they're very excited. So we kind of have to remember that as we're driving uh, in the neighborhood. 
So a few tips that might come in handy as the kids kind of get used to going back to school. So we haven't really had to deal with it in a while. So I thought this is a good time to kind of brush up on, on those thoughts. So because the roads are also going to be clogged a little bit, not just with the pedestrians going to school, walk along the sidewalk, but the parents who are taking their kids to school or the school bus who are taking some kids to school, the roads are going to be a little bit busier longer waits at stop signs, school buses out with the stop sign and the, the flashing red lights, it's going to slow down your commute. So if you leave another 10 or 15 minutes earlier than what you have been doing, you're not going to feel so stressed. You're not going to be as annoyed because you know you're still going to get there in time. So leaving 10 or 15 minutes earlier is a good idea. And again, take a deep breath because you know you're going to get there in time. The other thing is that because the kids are, are very excited about going to school and being with their, their classmates live, um, they might see their friends who they haven't seen in months across the street. And they might run out, dart out in front of you. So it's a really good idea that you drop your speed. I used to always say the narrower the street, the slower you would go. So even if the speed limit is 30 or 40 kilometers an hour or even 50 kilometers an hour, uh, drop your speed. And if there's parked cars, drop it even more. Give yourself a chance to spot that pedestrian who steps out and they don't have to go all the way across. All they need to do is get into your lane and that's where the problems come in. So if you go slower, you got more, uh, more response time. Now, speaking of the pedestrians and the parked cars, a lot of the vehicles, they're, they're bigger now. We know that, right? The pickup trucks are larger minivans, uh, cargo vans, things like that. And the height of those vehicles can block an eight, nine, 10 year old, right? And, and throw in tinted windows as well. And we can't see through it either. So from a distance, if you glance underneath the vehicle, you can actually see their feet. So by dropping your speed and constantly moving your eyes and having glances underneath for feet, you can find that pedestrian before they're in your path but it all has to work together. And it starts by going a little bit slower, leaving sooner, so you've got time and you're not taking any chances. Those are big ones, right? If you have to drive by a school normally, and you know you're driving by the dropping off time, maybe change your route slightly, at least for the first week, until people get more accustomed to getting to school and things like that. Because if you don't have to drive by the school, you're, you're avoiding the thicker, heavier traffic. So something to think about. If you're the parent who's dropping off your kids at school, think about this one too, dropping off and picking up, same idea. Avoid dropping off and picking up where the school buses do the same thing. Do it a different place. Do it around the corner. Do it up the street. Do it in an area that's not as clogged. Because if you're clogging those areas, just like the school buses and the other vehicles, no one can get through especially the school buses. So go to a different area. When I used to uh, pick up students at high school for their driving lessons, quite often it was across the street or around the corner, somewhere where it wasn't always so busy with so many people and cars. So a few little tips to help you get through the, at least the first week of school, maybe the first month, and who knows, maybe even the year, so we can all keep the kids safe and, you know, your sanity too. So I've got this quick little story to tell you. 
So I'm on the expressway and uh, I'm passing some slower vehicles in the right-hand lane. And I'm always moving my eyes to look for what other drivers might do and, and glancing towards them. And I really couldn't help but notice they had a sunshade blocking their, their, the sun off their, their face. Now, typically, that's, that's a, good, I th a good idea, you know, um, whether it's the visor flipped off to the side and sunglasses, things like that. You've got to be able to see clearly. There's, there's no question. But this sunscreen is the one that you put on your windshield. You know, the big one, um, it, sometimes it's got a photo on it, a cartoon, or it even says call 911, call police. Those big ones that cover the entire windshield. Well, this driver had it folded up, probably like a three by three uh, size, and they were holding it up with their, I guess, their arm or their, their, their left elbow while they drove at the freeway speed, they're on the kilometers an hour. So they had no idea what was coming on their left. They had no clue whatsoever. And there's got to be safer ways to block the sun. I kind of wanted to give them my business card, but um, I was chuckling. But I made sure I got past them because I, I really didn't want to stay next to them because they had no idea I, I would have been there. So, yeah, there, there's other ways other than holding up a big sun shield on, uh, with your elbow to block the sun. What do you do to block the sun? Uh, hope, don't tell me that you close one eye because then I'd have to send you my business card. Thanks for listening to this episode of Speed Bumps, the Safe Driving Podcast. Be sure to check out previous episodes if you've missed any. Uh, these new episodes do come out on a Sunday, so make sure that you also subscribe. Now, if you're a new listener, uh, I do have a blog. It's called thesafedriver.ca. I am on Twitter. My Twitter name is at SafeDriver. And if you want to drop me an email to either ask questions or suggest a topic, you can reach me at safedriver36 at yahoo.ca. I've also recently gone on TikTok with some uh, tips with a touch of humor. And my TikTok, of course, is The Safe Driver. So come check it out. Come back every week. And let's be safe out there. I'm Scott Marshall.